welcome to Accountability Talks with AGA. I'm your host, Paul Marshall. Today we have what I like to call one of our AGA Legends podcasts, Mr. Ross Sims, who recently retired from FaceAB and very well-known figure in the AGA community. So we're here to talk about his career, a retrospective, a little mentoring advice for the rest of us, how to uh, have a successful career in accountability. So without any further delay, let's talk to Ross. Hello and welcome to the podcast. All right, today I'm very happy to have with us Ross Sims. And uh, Ross, how are you doing today? I'm great, Paul. How are you? Doing good, doing good. Friday's always a good day, so good day to yeah. <laughs> have a podcast, <laughs> relax a little bit. So uh, we want to right. absolutely. We want to talk to Ross today. Uh, you know, Ross, you recently retired a little bit here, and you know, you were uh, uh, working at FaceAB and other places in the government. And we really just wanted to kind of have you on here, sort of in a mentoring, or just to kind of give us a retrospective, and you know be a good example to other folks that are interested in uh, government careers. So um, maybe with that, yeah, why don't you give us a little bit about yourself and, uh, you know, what, what you were doing up till recently. Okay. So I graduated from Jackson State University and majored in accounting. And I went to work for the U.S. Army Audit Agency. Uh, it's my first job. And there, that's where I really saw how Expansive, uh, the federal government was. I, it's, it is amazing the, the number of programs and activities that the federal government is involved in. And you know, I always thought that numbers like millions were large. Then to get to the federal government, then we're talking about billions and trillions. It's <laughs> hard to imagine sometimes. But that's like what that uh, how how to relate to that. And so uh, that was my first experience actually seeing the 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 breadth of activities that the federal government is involved in. And w- while I was there, we, I actually traveled a hundred percent of the time. So I, I basically lived out of a suitcase and, um, but I got to see a lot of different activities uh, at military bases and programs that were conducted at military bases. And my role was to do performance audits, to identify areas of improving efficiencies. And I really liked that because it also it gave me a chance to learn different activities, but also give back in a way that I could say how, how, this agency and this program how it could be improved and done more uh, more efficiently. So that, it was very rewarding. Um, and so a, a few years into that. Um, this initiative started coming about where federal agencies were gearing up to do have uh, prepare financial statements and have those financial statements audited. And GAO was staffing up to prepare for that. And so I left Army Audit Agency and went to GAO. And at GAO, um, I found that there was a tremendous amount of resources available that talked about how to um, do things like uh, how to write better, how to interview, how to do oral presentations, how to conduct financial statement audits. Uh, the GAO had its own methodology, and they trained us and drilled us on it. And, 
And so it, it was really a, a tremendous learning experience that I got there at GAO. And so in, as part of that, uh, I went, went to get to see different agencies and how the different agencies' financial operations work, um, understanding their internal controls and identifying areas where controls could be improved to mitigate risk. Um, and that, that was also during a time where cost was becoming a, a very important and uh, a, a developing cost information was a very important uh, in, in endeavor. And so learning how to going from agencies that were used to doing things that like uh, compliance with budgetary uh, guidelines and laws to then doing financial reporting was very, uh, I would say, a very monumental effort and having controls in place to be able to make sure that the information they were producing was accurate was also very uh, monumental. And so as part of the work at GAO, uh, we were helping agencies uh, reviewing their controls and the the different processes that they had determine what needs to be improved in order that they could eventually prepare financial statements and become audited. And so I got to, like I said, went to various agencies, got to see how different agencies operated from defense to USDA and got to go into places where they had jet fuel and we inventoried jet fuel, things like I never imagined I'd be doing <laughs> climbing on top of fuel tanks and going into vaults and <laughs> looking at armored cars and uh, these uh, military vehicles and things like that. It's, it was just amazing. And I also got a, a lot of uh, understanding of the rich history of the, of, of our government and how our government functioned and actually going to some of the different places that, now you can't even get into, <laughs> uh, but uh, it was it, the GAO experience was really rewarding, and um, so I've, I spent several years there. And after that, I got a chance to, um, well, then develop this uh, crisis um, in the savings and loan industry, where savings and loans were failing left and right, and so. I wanted to see how I could help in that arena. So I, I left GAO and went to work for the Federal Home Loan Bank Board. And the Federal Home Loan Bank Board eventually became a part of the FDIC. And there, our, I was a part of the Office of Inspector General, where we went to uh, and reviewed a lot of the different activities there at FDIC. And also, as I progressed in my audit career, I, I began to uh, move into the, the management area there at FDIC. And that's where I started learning how to manage people, um, understand um, the need, how to manage resources. Uh, so it, it was, it also, it added to um, the knowledge I had gained from doing the, the technical side of understanding standards that how to conduct audits to now managing resources and leading people and things like that. And so, uh, so I, after several years there at, uh, at FDIC, 
I then became interested in research and I started uh, getting a good sense of what I really like doing and, uh, and helping people, uh, well, I would say citizens really understand how the federal government works and the federal government's um, finances. And so I went to work for the uh, FACEF and at FACEF, I began conducting research into different uh, uh, financial reporting issues and helping to communicate that, uh, that learning through guidance and developing guidance that would help users better understand the financial statements and, and the financial information and the financial health of the federal government. And so that took me, I spent most of my career, I would say, at, at FaceApp. And, and now I'm retired. So that, that's sort of like my uh, career progression to, to this point. Right. No, that's great. So, I mean, it sounds like, you know, you were always kind of, I mean, you had a great opportunity from the beginning to kind of see things around the country, different agencies doing audits, especially GAO. I mean, it just seems like you really got a little feel for a lot of things in the government so you could kind of guide what, where you might want to do next, right? Right. <laughs> yeah. That's right. And any, I mean, I also, I also like how you went after, you know, like a, a, a big opportunity or, you know, savings and loans was a big issue or, you know, there, or, you know, there were just some like financial reporting was now, and the audit was going to be a big thing in the government. So you were like, this is a, a big deal going on. I want to be part of that. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. That's right. That's <laughs> great. Well, why don't you tell us a little bit more about FaceAB? Um, you know, you were there for 15 years. What were some of the highlights of that or the things that you found the most interesting? So with FaceAB, um, let's see, where can I start? You know, it, one of the things that um, – with with FaceApp is that we do due diligence uh, for so on each issue we would go out and do research by meeting with different people, uh, different individuals, different groups, and getting feedback. And so I would meet with accountants, auditors, economists, academics, think tank analysts, program managers, people in media, citizens, and also get feedback from uh, our my peers, the staff, and and the board members. And from that, it's like you have, if you don't set clear goals, you could be all over the place. <laughs> you always have to stay focused on the goalpost. Uh, you, you set up your goals and say, here's the goalpost. This is where I'm headed. Because a lot of these issues, these uh, financial reporting issues can take you in so many different directions. And so you could easily find yourself going down a rabbit hole unless you stay focused on those goals. And so, that's what I, that's that's one of the things that I had to do and learn to do early on was say okay, work with the board and saying this is the, this is our goal this is what we want to achieve so at the end of the day we can say okay we, this is what we accomplished uh, we we met that goal if if we didn't do that we could spend time <laughs> off into some issue and then we say hey, well what are we doing over there <laughs> and so we got to pull back but. But yeah, so because the, the like I said, the, the federal government is so broad and there's so many issues, setting those clear goals was very important. And then following 
the a plan to to take you to that goal and and not not try to move the goalposts as as you go along too. And also, we would have to uh, develop um, sort of like a, a focus groups or um, groups of individuals we could bring together to get feedback from. And so in these focus groups, I had the privilege of being able to go to different areas of the country, talking to your everyday citizens, uh, your your uh, teacher, your mailman, your um, uh, anal- uh, not, a, not a financial analyst, but an analyst who may be working in another completely different industry. These were folks outside the Beltway. And as, as part of talking to people outside the Beltway, you really get a sense for how people don't trust the government. <laughs> they were really uh, skeptical. <laughs> and so we would, I would show them different financial reports and they would say, hey, this is really good. Um, and, and they really appreciated all the effort that, um, that uh, different agencies went through in order to prepare the, the these reports and as I show it show them to them and they scan each page and look at it and it's saying there's a lot of uh, good information here and just didn't know that it was available and so it really opened up my eyes and how we needed to be better uh, to better communicate that information and make people aware of aware uh, um, of how they can access it and they they thought that at a minimum it should be at every in every library. So, uh, but the, so actually meeting with individuals who had an interest in government, which a lot of people do, and concern the hearing the concerns that they had about the sustainability of a lot of the different programs, would they be continuing because they depended on them? And they and the financial information was critical to help them uh, get an idea of that. And so by talking with them, they, I could get an idea of how what better how better information could be presented, the kind of thing that was of concern to them, and how it can be presented, um, and how how they could access it. But that helped uh, help them in alleviating this this distrust that they had. Uh, for um, for inf- any information that came from the federal government, and also having that audit um, of the information was very important as well, because having an audit opinion associated with it let them know that it's been independently uh, had some independent review, and that that's something that they could they place reliance on, and so that. That experience really also showed me the um, the need to understand users' um, experiences and how information needed to be uh, understandable and accessible, so that they could, um, so that so a, a general audience could uh, could appreciate it. And so, th- and there were so several different um, several different uh, user experiences. Uh, types of designs that could that could be used, but um, it it was very important to them that that they could be they could go from say something that was uh, maybe printed maybe, but also they could access information online, 
And so with it being digitally prepared, they could dive into more, start at a high level, very summary, and then dive into details. And so um, those type of experiences were really, <laughs> really rewarding there at FaceHab. And like I said, I, I learned a lot just from um, talking to different people, the different experts, hearing from both sides of an issue, or maybe it may have been four sides of an issue. <laughs> uh, but hearing from all those different positions, um, trying to come to some, some consensus, um, and that being able to facilitate discussions um, so that, you know, you really don't just have one view dominating the view, but you're able to um, let um, other participants uh, express their points and 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 get to a sort of a consensus for the group that would benefit everybody. And so um, that was that was some of the things that I really uh, appreciated about being at FaceHab was the, the the different individuals, the learning, the um, uh, the uh, help of working with uh, users and uh, individuals who were. <laughs> had the, that high level of skepticism about the federal government, <laughs> right? But so, uh, so that that was that was good. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, I mean, it sounds like a great thing. I mean, you had a chance to get perspectives from folks that I mean, the, most of us really don't get the chance. You know, if we're working for an agency or for one particular in one particular place, you just kind of get that perspective all day long, all the time, and you were able to talk to folks all over the place and from all different perspectives. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Right, right. Well, it makes sense. I mean, for FaceTab, that's kind of what you had to do. You wanted to see if, you know, these rules and standards work for, for all the users of the of the information. So, no, that's that. And it makes yeah. sense how GAO kind of trained you for that, too, because, you know, you had that perspective from multiple areas, and you've seen what controls have worked and which ones hadn't as an auditor, right? So, Right. That's right. Yeah. And, 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 and presenting at the board was uh, very, very, it, it had its interest and rewards as well because the, you're you're the expert and you're there to present information and make recommendations to another body of experts and uh, they they can challenge uh, challenge the, the different positions and and uh, so that 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 sort of uh, dialogue and and discussions of different issues we challenge each other um, actually I think helped formulate bring about this synergy that brought about a better better product so um so, so, so yeah the, the hope that the process that, that was there was really um i think uh is really beneficial like you said to help bring about the kind of guidance that's needed to make help make the information useful and uh something that would benefit the, all the different groups who were impacted by it <laughs> right absolutely so uh, a little bit, I want to get a little bit more about, you know, just to see as far as you were progressing in your career, you know, did you have mentors, either formal or informal, or even just people that were maybe inspirational or kind of got, you know, gave you ideas for what you wanted to do or how to get ahead in, in your career? Yeah. So um, in addition to well, my family members, that, uh, that goes without saying, but uh, I would say in addition to them, by uh pastor uh my church uh was very instrumental in my career and in my my decisions uh that that i made um at, even as far as 
um, not, not my career and also decisions that just I would make in, in life and uh, helping me to view life from a perspective of this the journey and, th- and this journey is going to be um, it's going to going to have challenges along the way. There's it's not <laughs> that's just how, how life is <laughs> and how you can approach things with skill and not. Uh, always having to react to things, but you 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 prepare and and know that things are becoming, so you can lean into them versus reacting to things. And uh, that was something that I I learned from um, a, a pastor. And then there would be the persons the the, the persons immediately above me were also influential because I I would observe how they would handle when there would be um, challenging situations, I, I would observe how they handle it. Um, what were their approaches and the kind of things that they did to stay abreast of issues? How did they plan for uh, challenges that we know would be coming? And how did they prepare for things that may not be, might, may not be aware of now, but what were things that they were doing to prepare themselves? And uh, then I think um, in addition to the persons immediately above me, I also would look at people who were in other other roles and, and other other agencies. So, and that's what I thought uh, made AGA very important and, and as part of my career is that I got a chance to meet and see other people and uh, also involved in government accountability and the kind of things that they were doing. So it's like <laughs> AGA was this like this platform <laughs> that enabled you to, to engage and, uh, uh, and and see the kind of things that other people were doing, uh, how, what, uh, how they were progressing and, and then be able to share um, information with them as well. So I think organically it was mainly my my uh, the person immediately above me that I sort of looked observed and and talked to. And we would have when we had feedback sessions. I always saw those as opportunities for growth. Um, any type of feedback that I've received, it was really I, I would take it and really see how I could. Um, implement the kind of things that were given to me. So I, I so I always thought it saw feedback as, as one of the most important parts of uh, my career. Because I, I would like I always like to take assessments and be able to see, okay, this is where I am and this is <laughs> this is where I would like to go. So what do I need to do to go from A to B <laughs> and things like that. Um so so yeah, so those were I would say people that were influential, my pastor, the people immediately above me, and uh, like uh, other people who were in, involved in government accountability that I would see as part of uh, AGA. No, that's great. Yeah, and again, it sounded like you really had a great opportunity to hear from so many different, you know, experts and and influential folks throughout your career and your position there. So that you know, and AGA too. So. 
Sounds like you had a lot, a lot of great yeah. inputs, a lot of good examples. <laughs> right. Yeah. So um, now speaking of, I know we talked a little bit about some challenges. You know, we all have challenges in our life and in our career, of course, and it's always nice to hear mm-hmm. how uh, how people got through those things. Um, I was just curious maybe if you want to give me an example or share with us something where in your career was either – a challenge or just a big kind of change that was happening in the world as far as accountability community and maybe kind of how you, uh, how you kind of dealt with that. Okay. It's actually two things that brought to mind. Um, the first is that I did move, uh, move around a lot and um, in, in relocating from one area to another, there was, I always saw that as, a growth opportunity, but, and also a, an opportunity to, uh, take inventory. So my, my family, we would all say, okay, we're getting ready to move to Dallas <laughs> from Washington. So, um, let's talk about what are our needs? Uh, what, what are the things that we really, that we really enjoy here that we want to see if we would see how we can also obtain those things in Dallas? Uh, and one of the things that we real that has rooted us here that if while when we unroot ourselves, what would we like to have there in Dallas to to root back into? Sort of like I I, met, I compared it to like uh, repotting a plant. You just don't yank the plant out of the pot and stick it in another one. <laughs> you, you have to assess the what the what the the environment that it's in currently. And then assess that environment that you're taking it to and then try to ease it into that environment. And so we were, we would do sort of the same thing. We would say, okay, this is where we are. This is, these are our needs. Let's see how we can uh, obtain those same things there. And in this new location, we would talk to different people that we were, that who, who lived there or who will be, who had lived there in the past. We would do what we call the uh, soft launch, which would be to actually go there and kind of become engaged in some of the activities there in the new area, see see different things and, and come back and uh, talk about how that visit, uh, how well we like to visit. And then we also would say, okay, what is it that, what are those things that are that we would consider baggage. What are the things that are that would be holding us down uh, that we don't need? Let's get rid of those things. So, if, so in doing this inventory, the things we didn't need, we get rid of. Whether whether it's a physical thing or um, emotional, mental thing, uh, those things that were. It was. This is time to start again. So we say, okay, we're gonna. We're gonna detox. We're gonna get rid of that stuff that's holding us down. <laughs> Throw it away. Get rid of it. And now, in this new location, in, in say in Dallas, now we're we're starting a new without that stuff because that stuff was weighing us down. It was keeping us back, keeping us away from our goals. Let's now stay focused without those things as we move to this new area. And so, moving. Moving from Washington to Dallas was, it, it had, it's, it could have been a lot more stressful. A lot, I mean, a lot, very 
successful type event. But by doing those kind of things up front and, like I said, and adding soft launches to actually go there and visit made the transition much smoother. And so, and I would say that would, um, hopefully that would help with anybody who's thinking about a move that there, there is a lot of challenges associated with, with moving, but there's approaches and things that you can do to lessen some of those, those challenges and stresses that, are, that could associate a move. And so, uh, moving with, moving from Washington to Dallas and moving to Dallas to Washington, things like that. Were, were challenges that I experienced in my career, but that's how we were able to deal with them. And actually, when we look back on them, it, it, all the moves turned out to be really well at the end of the day. <laughs> and so the other thing that I, I could see was how, how we now have, things have now come about where we're managing not only people, but um technology and so with that you have to know the right balance of technology and people that you need to accomplish uh, your your goals and um you have to communicate with both (laughs) as well (laughs) you have uh, not only you have to speak and write and present in ways that it can be clearly understood by individuals, but you're also talking to um, machines um, and uh, or I would say technology. You have to understand how to blend the two to accomplish things now. And along with that, you have this uh, a large amount of, of, of data that has come about that we now can take in do different types of visualizations um, and come up with a lot of cool um, predictions and (laughs) information that is very useful in managing. And so my challenge was always like how to bring about the right mix of that. And I always thought that uh, management discussions, discussion and analysis was the was a good place that brings about those that data analysis and the data visualizations, and also to keep finance those financial reports still uh, relevant because in in the management discussion analysis you're you're explaining and helping the users understand the financial reports and so we what I would had were in the midst of doing was was working with uh, different um, like user design uh, experts and and coming up with prototypes of how a management discussion and analysis to look that included visualizations and analysis that would complement the uh, financial financial reports themselves and so it would bring the two together and and help people understand better the information that's that's being provided. So, so I see how over time a lot of uh, a lot of emphasis has moved shifted away from the the static type presentations to more dynamic type presentations, and 
and like when I like I said when I went out to different uh, uh, outside the Beltway, that's the kind of actually the kind of things that people were looking for. They were looking for these dynamic presentations that if they clicked on something, it was going to take them to something, <laughs> and and that was going to give them more information. So <laughs> and so uh, I see that as um, the challenge now is 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 keeping our relevant information that is sort of a static but making it more engaging and more dynamic so that the users can um, get a better understanding from it and so uh, so that's one of the things that I had started doing was is looking at different models and using that as sort of a guide to help help um, help push towards a more dynamic type of uh, presentation. So those are those are some of the <laughs> challenges that <laughs> and I could go on for a hundred years talking about some of those things. But <laughs> no, but totally agree. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you know the reports have always been a snapshot in time, and you know, but people want to you know see what you know what's happened between now and the next October, right? I mean, have something they can. <laughs> They can visualize, they can click, they can see what's the status, you know, also just a short, you know, I don't have time to read 200 page report. Give me a two, you know, a couple screens that I can kind of click through and quickly get the understanding. Right. So I think. Right. That's you know. right. <laughs> so basically, there I mean, like CFOs have to go from being just, you know, accounting and budgeting folks to, you know, a little bit of IT and technology and user experience yeah. kind of experts now. Right. <laughs> Right, that's right. <laughs> so, you know, it, it, exactly keeps, right. it keeps us all on our toes. It's a good thing. You know, we got to keep keep progressing, so it's a good thing. So, uh, yep. <laughs> so yeah, Ross, so I think I just had one more question for you with, uh, as far as, you know, what are you looking forward to now and kind of your next phase that you're, you know, you're, you're, you're retired from FaceApp, from government service. What are you looking to enjoy the most now? <laughs> yes, you know, that was, you know, it's interesting. I'm trying to do things that I was afraid to do. <laughs> and that's like, uh, so, so I never learned how to swim. <laughs> so I'm trying to, I want to do things like that. Uh, looking forward to also skiing. <laughs> I guess things that could harm me. Those were the things <laughs> I kind of avoided, but. <laughs> But uh, that's that's what I'm looking forward to now is getting out of my comfort zone of, of uh, activities. And so that's it's, I'm looking at it like life 2.0. Well, there you go. <laughs> well, definitely, uh, you know, start with the shallow end there, and, uh, <laughs> and those ski slopes are pretty scary too. But but that's you know you know it just sounds like your approach to life in general. You kind of just want to take on you know learn new things and take them on. So. So thank yeah, yeah appreciate that. absolutely, and thank you for joining our podcast today. And uh, now this was some great, some great information, and I think uh, I think you're a great inspiration. Like I said, for all of us, oh, appreciate that, Paul. <laughs> Anytime. That's our show. Thanks for tuning in. Agacgfm.org is where you will find us. Apple Podcasts. All those places you find your podcasts. And yeah, we're rolling into the uh, end of the fiscal year here, so I'm going to try to keep you company with some, some more content, some more guests. And in 
until that next time, this is your host, Paul Marshall, signing off for Accountability Talks with AGA.